Hello, welcome to the underpaid and the underqualified. My name is Vince, and my podcast host's name is Jock. And you might be wondering why do I sound like I have a lot of food in my mouth? It's because I purposely do, because it's hard to think of original intros. And we're at the point where I have to have food in my mouth to think of an original intro. And there we go. So here we are, <laughs> another episode. How's it going, Jock? I'm not repulsed by this idea whatsoever, just because I'm thinking... Yeah, this sums up us. <laughs> is it yeah, bad always... that I have low standards for us? Well, if your name is the underpaid and the underqualified, I think low standards are kind of assumed to be part of the deal, right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'm always trying to sneak in breakfast when we eat those, so I'm kind of also thinking, fuck it. I'm, why hide it? I'm just going to embrace it. Do you eat breakfast in the morning this early? Or are you always, I don't know, are you a breakfast person? I only eat one meal a day. Really? Seriously? Okay, so ever since like COVID, quarantine, shelter in place, whatever, kicked in. Um, so back then, like at work, I I always do like intermittent fasting, right? So I try not to eat from um, 8 p.m. to uh, 12 noon. So I would eat lunch. Wow, and really? Work, I never knew this about you. That's so surprising. Yeah, so it started after you left Twitter. But then um, during this time, which you call it, like for lunch, I would always pack a sandwich and eat snacks at the office, right? Just because I'm bored. I don't want to be here. But then now that I'm uh, working from home the entire time, I'm constantly doing something, right? So work definitely picked up a little bit, but at the same time, uh, because I'm at home, I'm also doing a lot of personal stuff. So like my day gets a little bit filled during the work hours and I'm trying to maximize the time that I, I have off. So it was a mixture of like, I got busy and such like that. So I started skipping lunch. And at the same time, it was like, oh, one less thing to worry about. I don't have to pack a lunch anymore. Uh, I have to plan my meals and such. So I, I slowly fades out lunch from my life and now I only eat dinner. Wow. So is it a huge dinner or do you use, is it like regular portion dinner? That's the thing is that like because of the shelter in place and stuff like that, like groceries at the time were a little bit hard to buy. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really plan my meals and like, all right, you know what? I don't know what's the next time I go grocery shopping. I don't know the next time I'll have food. Um, places are getting more and more into takeouts, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, well, takeout kind of adds up. It's one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm really craving something or treat yourself kind of thing. Um, like, for example, this past week, NBA restarted, but I also <laughs> bought takeout that day just because I, I did want to spend more time to enjoy the game as opposed to I have to worry about cooking, I have to worry about this and that. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. And so before, so because of that, like, your stomach actually shrinks when you're dieting, right? So that's the idea that you're trying to slowly phase out. And yeah. for me, it was, I felt a little bit sick, definitely, especially when I started intermittent fasting years ago. Like, dude, um, co-work. So you, if you work at Twitter, you know that you basically get two meals a day. These tech companies, they're glorious and great in that sense. But then, yeah. And not just always- two meals, but like two meals from like large, like five-star dining kind of buffets. That's what it felt like at Twitter, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was absolutely just that. And so like, I would always eat breakfast, right? And, but now it, like during that time, I started phasing out breakfast and a co-worker asked, you should eat something. Cause you said that you're sick and you're, you like, basically it's, it's like going through withdrawals, like a sugar withdrawal, like low blood sugar. So that definitely took a little bit to get used to. And now it's like, all right, no, this is fine. One meal a day. Maybe I snack on a fruit or something. So you basically like had a like withdrawal process where it sucked and you felt terrible for, I don't know, a month. How long? Like- uh, the first time during every it was like two weeks. Okay, now two it weeks. was just like maybe a couple of days. Hmm. And now you feel okay. You just kind of gotten used to it. There's definitely some days where it's just like, I really should eat something. And I do like wow. eat a fruit or some chips. 
Um, but now I was like, ah, one meal a day. And so because like my stomach has started shrinking more, and normally I eat like a fat ass. Not so much anymore. Wow. Doesn't that affect your workout schedule? Like, don't you need more calories to like gain muscle? That's the thing is that like my workout is, so it is relatively consistent in the sense of like, I try to do every other day, or at least I do something like weightlifting. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that like, it's not as intense as before. Whereas like Mm -hmm. before it was like, all right, there's a lot more machines. I can do this and that. And since, because I'm a lazy fat ass, I don't like going (laughs) out. Like literally there are days where I don't go out or touch the sun. I do not physically (laughs) touch sunlight. Yeah, that's scary how that happens. Some days, like, you, you, it, usually for me, it's always, like, I never notice it. It's not like I consciously think, all right, I don't want to go outside. It's more, more like you just – there's so much shit to get distracted by these days with technology and TV that it's, like, you can go three days without ever, like, having oxygen from the outside touch your skin. <laughs> yeah, and so the thing is that it's, like, all right, it is better to go outside and get that fresh air and that sunlight. But uh, it's – so my workouts aren't as intense anymore, and especially mm-hmm. since I'm, like, trying to uh, – Definitely, I was finding like right the right medium for it. So now it's like, all right, no, it's working out because since COVID started, I've lost it fluctuates anywhere between ten to thirteen pounds. Wow! So if I see you, you're gonna look like a totally different person. <laughs> no, people like, see me, they're all like, oh yeah, no, you definitely look thinner. You definitely like look more fit. Uh-uh. That so it's almost like you inadvertently did cardio workout, even though you're doing weightlifting and just. <laughs> well, no, cardio pro- workout probably would have really helped more. Uh-huh. Um, getting certain other parts of my body more uh slim yeah but definitely in comparison to like start of covid it looks like i'm in better shape am i actually in better wow. shape probably not but um <laughs> yeah well i'm glad you care about your health job <laughs> oh no it, it just kind of became an accident i just got it's basically my laziness just got the better of me i feel that though i sometimes like Sometimes I just get so sick of washing dishes. We don't have a dishwasher, so like washing dishes is probably the biggest struggle of my life, which shows you <laughs> how many problems I'm really going through on a day-to-day basis here. But uh, God, I fucking like, sometimes it's so bad. You like get everything done. It takes like two to three hours, at least for me sometimes, to wash every single dish you have once it's kind of built up. And then then you eat a few days, four days go by, and it feels like you have the exact same amount, like all dirty again. And then some, just because of that, just because I'll be looking at that and be lazy, sometimes I'll just be too lazy to cook. <laughs> and I resort to the Chipotle, uh, like uh, Grubhub, DoorDash stuff way more than I should. And it's funny because <laughs> you were talking about the treat yourself or like uh, how it adds up budget-wise. I never even look at like the budget. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, I'm hungry. I need Chipotle right now. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I've actually, so taking a look at budget, right? Like my expenses, like for food has gotten significantly less during pandemic because I'm eating in more. And I also try to cook like more simple meals. So I use less dishes. Um, yeah, that's an art like avocados. That's something you can just get one knife and a fork and you're set. No dish. <laughs> yeah. So like I try not to use dishes at all just because I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, you have a dishwasher? I don't use it. Like we have it, but I just don't use it. Hmm. Does it not work that well? I just don't use it. Huh. Dude, I would I was want to drive to your house and take my dishes and put them in your dishwasher. <laughs> oh, my housemates do. Like my uh, roommate okay. always uses a dishwasher. Why don't you though? But like Uh let me think why. <laughs> oh, it's just because I live with so many different people. Uh and oftentimes like- it's like I don't want to deal with it. Like, oh, I don't want to be the one responsible to load and unload. Oh, gotcha. And the thing is that like everybody has kind of like different cleaning standards. So definitely the first couple of times I looked at it, I, I pulled out a dish and I'm like, is this even clean or not? Screw it. I'm just no. going to do my own dishes. And I asked like the next time I saw somebody and they're like, oh yeah, no, those, those were dirty. And mm. I'm like, 
because you know yeah. how some people it's like okay you know you got to rinse it and then put it in i'm like i don't want to deal with that i'm just going yeah, to straight true. up hand wash it get over with yeah it's funny me and christine have like slightly different styles of washing dishes <laughs> like and it's funny because our different styles there was an episode of the office that like perfectly like described it it was um because I generally just like to, like, I just wash it to get out of the way because I'm impatient and I just, like, want it to be done. And Christine is a lot more smart in that she soaks it so that, like, it'll, like, sit for a bit and, like, the soap gets all the grease and shit out. But I'm just so impatient that I don't want to deal with it. And then on The Office, I don't know if you remember this episode, but uh, uh, Daryl and Jim were, like, living in the same place for, like, a month because they were in Philadelphia. And uh, they were, like, clashing. Jim was a little, like, he, he was messier than Daryl and then Daryl was talking about dishes and he's like, Jim likes to do this thing with dishes. He likes to let them soak. And he just like put the two fingers up. Like, what the hell is that type of thing? And Christine, we were watching it and she pointed it out and I just laughed out loud because I was like, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like the thing is that soaking really does help. But then again, it becomes very like, okay, well, I'm going to forget about it. And then if you do live with people, then that just kind of shows you're an inconsiderate bastard. But if you're living by yourself, then yeah, no, soaking actually does help if you forget to deal with it yeah exactly yeah everyone's got their own style i think that's what makes it kind of hard sometimes so that's why i don't know if i could live in a house with like five plus people i just get so over it actually no soaking really yeah does help with the uh, shelf life of dishes too because you don't you're not scrubbing as hard especially if you have one of the the nicer pots and pans yeah totally yeah, I'm just impatient as fuck. <laughs> but on uh, that note, how's your week been, John? <laughs> oh my gosh, we digress so freaking hard on that one. <laughs> anytime, it's funny, anytime we have like a dedicated topic, it's usually we'll bring up something completely polar opposite, like a 180 to what we're actually going to talk about. And uh, lo and behold, we did it again. <laughs> my week, uh, funny thing. So this week, what I've been doing, same old, same old. Oh, uh, no, too much of a tangent. Anyways, um, I started watching self-control. Stop yourself. <laughs> I think like a week ago or either one or two weeks ago, I forgot when I started. I started watching New Girl. Oh, wow. That's funny. funny. I don't know. Huh? Funny you mentioned that. Foreshadowing. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, I'll talk about that in a little bit. How about you, Vince? How's your week going? <laughs> My week has <laughs> been pretty all right. Went to Santa Cruz yesterday. I've been there for like two years, maybe, or a year. I don't know. Um... Either way, went with uh, Christine for the first time. We explored all around. So the super cliche touristy stuff, uh, mystery spot. You've heard of it, I'm guessing. Okay, I've seen the stupid bumper stickers. People have asked. <laughs> I've asked people about. I'm like, hey, you guys are from the Bay. What the <laughs> hell is this? Apparently, well, it's like I don't get it. It's weird. Yeah, it's basically it's it's basically a place where like the laws of physics and gravity don't apply. Like they'll it's just, this the story is this guy built this cabin in the woods and then there was a landslide that made it fall and this whole area just has a bunch of things that like defy physics. So it'll be like they'll show you like a block of wood and then it'll look totally flat and then they'll put a level on it and then you'll be like, Oh, it's totally flat it's totally flat, right? It looks like totally normal. And then they'll put a ball and um the ball will just roll in a way that you wouldn't think if it's totally flat or like you'll see sorry bad example they'll they'll find like a piece of plywood that looks totally slanted like one side is obviously like higher than the other when you're looking at it but then they'll put a level on it and the level will say that the lower the side that looks lower is actually higher and then vice versa the side that's higher looks lower and then they'll put like a ball or something that rolls on it and then like they'll put it on the lower side and then it'll roll uphill so it's just a bunch of enigmas like that that look super unique and like when you're walking up it, it like almost gives you kind of a headache because it's like it's so 
I don't know, just the, it's like a lot of pressure and just weird tension in this room. I don't know. It's odd, but it's kind of, I don't know. It's not, it's pretty entertaining. It's $8. It's like 45 minutes long. Not too bad. So if you're ever in the area and got the time, I recommend it. It was a tourist trap. <laughs> a tourist trap? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's, eh, I don't know. It's fun. I'd recommend it. Um, other than that, went to Santa Cruz Diner, went to the boardwalk for a bit, uh, hung out with a friend who lives in Santa Cruz, went to downtown Santa Cruz. You ever been to the Catalyst? Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty good venue. I miss it. It was uh, pretty sad looking at it like, ah, concerts. Remember those? <laughs> so, I've always going to ask, so what do you think of – of, of, of Santa Cruz right now with COVID and all that. Like, was it fun to go and tour all that? I'm uh, actually genuinely curious. It was mostly fun, but it was a little bittersweet. Like, for example, at the boardwalk, though, all the rides were closed. That's probably the biggest thing that affected me. But the beaches was actually pretty good. Like, beaches looked pretty normal. And, like, most, if not everybody, had a mask on. And were like, um, just kind of doing the regular thing they would do. But with a mask on, the boardwalk was pretty crowded. Um, so... But crowded, but they like made it clear with a lot of signs, like respect the social distance guidelines and whatnot. And then you know, there's a lot of restaurant, there's a lot of restaurants and dining places where you could eat outdoors still. Um, and downtown was downtown's always pretty fun. I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, you can't obviously can't go inside bars, so it's I think it's worth it. Still, it's like you still have a good time, but it's a little bittersweet because you know there's some stuff you can't do. Okay, no, just curious because I was like, oh, you went to Santa Cruz and it sounds like you actually did a lot. So that means that a fair amount of places are actually open, even though we're a miss. This fuckery that is the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, one day, when one day when this will be over, we maybe we'll see what Santa Cruz was like <laughs> in the gold days. But uh, have you been to Santa Cruz much? Or I've only been like a couple times. One time was definitely explore the city. I went to a winery, went down downtown. Uh, another time where I definitely visited the beach. Oh, I, I went to the campus just to take a look. What else did I do? Uh, and I went to the Catalyst for a concert, but I mean, I only went to the Catalyst and five guys, and that was it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like the I like the size of the Catalyst. It's a small venue, but it's like it's good for more intimate, up close performances. You know. Yeah. No. So it was definitely fun. Um. So I haven't. Yeah, I've definitely visited, but never like it was different exploring. Yeah, I really like Santa Cruz. I think it's got a really like just cool beach town vibe. Like you like step outside, you just like breathe in that redwood air is super nice. And I don't know it's re it's really good for hiking. Like if you ever find a good hiking trail or like a beach, I think it's still Santa Cruz is like the best place to go for that. So thumbs up, recommend it. Solid. <laughs> All right. So our podcast topic. Uh, like thirty minutes into this. Um, yeah, so um, as you all know, anyone who listens to this, we watch a lot of TV, probably me more than Ja because I have less of a life. Um, and recently, I've been trying to catch up with this decade or this past 20 years, whatever, and uh, watch one of the most acclaimed popular sitcoms everybody always references and you find on every other girl's Tinder bio, <clears throat> The Office. And right now, I'm actually two episodes away from finishing uh like most things with us we're not prepared enough to actually finish them so of course i couldn't totally finish the office i had to need, still have two episodes to finish that i haven't yet seen so please for no spoilers shame. but i know for shame hard i'm really curious i would love to watch it but that's just how dedicated we are to this podcast <laughs> what kind of um, what kind of millennial are you uh, just not a good one really um pretty it's bad. One. Nah, it's pretty bad um yeah so with that we just thought it would be since um catching up to this decade with the office 
we thought we'd just talk about sitcoms. You know, what are the sitcoms we like? What do we like in a sitcom? What's a bad sitcom maybe? What's, I don't know, laughing tracks? How do we feel about that? So, um, right off the bat, let's, uh, I guess let's just talk about The Office. Like, personally speaking, uh, it's been less than a month and I've almost binged all of it. Um, I was leading up to it. I was dreading it a little bit because I do was 201 episodes. I thought it was going to be like a trek to finish. I thought it was going to be super hard. But uh, quite the opposite. It's extremely easy to watch. I get why people always watch it like multiple times because episodes are about 20 minutes long and likable. There's nothing super uncomfortable to watch. Um, characters are all pretty distinct. Um, in a nutshell, I think Angela sucks and she's awful. She's the worst character by far. <laughs> uh, I like Creed. I think he's hilarious. I think he's a hidden gem. Stanley's grumpiness, love it. Uh, Kevin is the most fun person to impersonate. Um, um, yeah, and Michael Scott, one of the all-time greatest characters. Dwight, uh, classic. Um, yeah, what do you think, Joff? Uh, with The Office? Well, yes. My thoughts and opinion. Um, I'm trying to think of my thoughts and opinion. Okay, so I definitely did enjoy it. The first time I watched it, I couldn't get into it. And it's one of those things where it's like I had to work in an office in order to get it. And it's one of those series where it's like you really have to muscle through it during the first season if you didn't enjoy it. Or like muscle through it in the beginning. Whereas like – because it's a different kind of humor that people are not exactly used to just because it's a derivative of the British sitcom. Yes. Yeah. I actually saw the British sitcom first <laughs> to kind of like try to watch it chronologically since it came out first. Yeah. No, I, ha one? I haven't. So in terms of my opinion, it's like, all right, Pam and Jim, super cute couple, Michael. It's like, when you watch it, it's like, oh, this is entertaining. I could probably, and like seeing all the different people in the office space, it's like, okay, I can definitely see somebody like this at work. Definitely these yes. like, extremes of people, but no, this is like, I could kind of see it. But then, like, rewatching it now, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so cringy. It's entertaining <laughs> for, like, I enjoy literally almost every other character's personality. But then when I get to Michael, I'm like, why did I muscle through this again? Wow, that's interesting. I've never thought of that opinion because I love Michael's. Like, I love Steve Carell, I should say. So, like, almost anything Steve Carell does, I'm going to love. Like, he's – I was telling Christine, I think he's one of the, like – you look at some people in comedy and you might think they're overrated or some are underrated, not as appreciated to me. He's like perfectly like rated. <laughs> like, I think he's like a legend and like one of the best comedic, like just comic figures. And he's like recognized as popular as he should be. I don't know. Are you Steve Carell fan? I'm a Steve Carell fan. It's just the character itself got really like, Oh, <laughs> he's being a dumbass. That's true. Didn't you think Andy was worse though? They made him worse when he became a manager, but outside of that, like he was okay because you can always see some. I can always see something like an Andy, but when he became a manager, that's where I was like, uh, "Okay, you become kind of weird." Does that mean you always know somebody's going to rip the do do do? And just no, I I always know somebody that's going to make a stupid dorky pun or some kind of dorky joke, ah. and I met somebody like that, so it's and his like name okay, was Vince Tally. <laughs> no. It, much worse anyway so like it's the fact that like i know somebody like that already it's like uh, this is possible i think you should name their first last and middle name right now just so the world knows <laughs> i'm fine <laughs> anyways <laughs> all right off the podcast we'll reveal it um yeah i think um i think the earlier seasons are like the better ones i think but i don't know it's it feels pretty consistent laugh wise like i feel like there hasn't been a season that like i haven't at least found entertaining or amusing like it definitely 
was a bummer when Michael left, but um, I think the Jim and Pam thing too, I think as a guy, you probably vicariously like live through that, you know, like the situation of like a girl dating someone you'd like think sucks for her and you always like want to kind of intervene and be the person like to kind of make the bold move and get with her. So I think a lot of guys probably vicariously live through that at the same time. What do you think? Oh, I just thought they were adorable and I was just rooting for them because it like totally made sense. Like they're a couple. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I didn't really think that, but then I could see why people would think that. Yeah. Of like, all right, you're, you're the underdog. You're kind of rooting for the guy. Uh, yeah. Did you think, uh, did you know that the British version, like the, the, like there's a Jim and Pam, essentially like a British version of them. And then there's a British version of Dwight because like those came from the British versions. Like Martin, Martin Freeman actually plays the, uh, British version of Jim. <laughs> Martin Freeman. Who's he? Yeah, the guy. Yeah, he was uh Sherlock. Who's Sherlock's uh, sidekick? Watson. Yeah. Oh, Watson. him. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I know. Isn't that weird? No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He has longer hair, so he looks younger. But that guy's always looked like older to me. He always has like a forty-year-old vibe to me. Well, maybe because his hair is completely freaking white. Yeah, that might do it. <laughs> but he, yeah, it is longer and it's uh, gray, but. And then Ricky Gervais obviously plays the uh, British version of Michael Scott, David Brent. Got it. You like Ricky Gervais? I'm trying to remember. I, that name is so familiar. I need to look he, him up again. He's the British guy who always makes fun of celebrities at the Oscars and award shows. He's like the host, and then he always just like roasts them for like an hour, and they always get super uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, Ricky? Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Oh, I heard Grady for some reason, so I was yeah. typing it up, and it was not coming up. <laughs> Grady Gervais. Okay, I've actually never. Okay, so the name is very familiar, but I've actually never seen any of his stuff. Hmm. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the guy who created the British version. So basically, like the American version wouldn't be around if it weren't for him. I think he still produces the American version too, or produced it. Hey, more money for him. Exactly. Um. All right. What other sitcoms do you like, Joe? Let's dive into it. I think for me, it's for sitcoms. All right, it's. When I watch something, it's going to be very hit or miss for me, right? And so it's like, if I can relate to it, I can enjoy it even better. And so for me, it's like, if I can't relate to it, then it's like, all right, it's got to be humorous or something like that, right? Um, in this case, for me, I was when I was making this list, I was actually wondering, what does sitcom actually really mean? I did not know what it meant because I thought it meant like, oh, you sit down and watch a comedy in front of a TV, right? Sitcom. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Totally makes sense. And I was like, all right, I'm, that, that's what I thought. And it, it was one of those words where it was like, you know, it's like, you know what it means or like, you know, like how to use it, but you didn't know the exact definition. And that was the word. And so I had to look up what the sitcom mean. And apparently it means situational comedy. And I'm like, Oh, that makes so much more sense now. I actually like your definition better. And if you think about it, stand-up comedy is a version of, you know, stand-up is, you know, people, comedians standing up and saying comedy. So sitcom could be watching a TV the opposite way and watching a, you know, series where they do a like, kind of show like The Office. So sitcom, stand-up comedy. I think your definition makes more sense. I mean, no, so yeah. So they, I think I was also comp- to subconsciously comparing to sit down and stand up comedy and stuff like that. So it's like, all right, different yeah. types of comedy. It's not like a movie. You have to go somewhere, but it's like you sit down with your family, like a nuclear family. Cause TV is such an integral part of a lot of American families and culture. Yes. And so, um, 
yeah, so when I was making this, this was all right, situational. And what I, I looked back on my list of like shows that I really liked, I really enjoyed like Office, Parks and Rec, Community, uh, How I Met Your Mother, and Fresh Off the Boat. Because like Office, Parks and Rec, um, those are shows that are very, whatchamacallit, like I've worked in an office environment and I've worked in like the Parks and Rec similar department. So it's like, okay, this totally makes sense. I totally can vibe with this, right? Yeah. And so people, they accurately portray what it's like to work in a dull, bland kind of office. Yeah. It's like, I could definitely see my coworkers like that. So when I was talking to my friends about like, oh yeah, I enjoy it because I can imagine somebody like that. They're like, no, I can't imagine somebody exactly like Michael Scott or something. I'm like, but you can know somebody that's like, all right, I can see you guys getting along kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I think we all like they portray extreme versions of people we're likely to see in those situations. Yeah. And then like, um, for example, community, uh, how I met your mother and new girl. What I enjoy about those sitcoms is like, those are just a group of friends that are trying to get by with life. Right. So like with, um, new girl and how I met your mother, these people are in their late twenties, early thirties. And actually how I met your mother, I think it was like mid twenties. But anyways, people in that age range with a group of friends and try to get through. So that's why I really like those shows is because like, well, I want to find that type group of friends, pretty much like your ride or die guys. And oh, to some degree also live with them, right? Because New Girl, all of them live with each other. How I Met Your Mother, a few of them live with each other. And so that's super cool in having that community in that sense. Community reminding me of college days. Granted, that was community college, but what you call it? I went to a four-year university, so my 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 experience was a little bit different. Wow, but nonetheless, <laughs> it was um, relatable and enjoyable. Uh, fresh off the I went boat. To, I went to a community college, by the way, just to insert, and I can confirm it's absolutely nothing like the show, just in case you were curious. Yeah, so actually, because I, for the most part, I knew like community colleges didn't have dorms. And I'm like, all right, is this actually a thing? Like, do community colleges actually have dorms? There are some in the United States that do have dorms for their community colleges and they're a little bit more um, established. Whereas like most community colleges are only like two year degree type schools or transitional schools. Mm-hmm. Whereas like some of these dorm schools are actually like, they will offer you a legit four year degree. It's just kind of different. I don't no. understand the American education system. Anyways. Like the metric system doesn't make sense. We don't, we do a lot of things that don't make sense. I use freedom units. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um but yeah so like fresh off the boat obviously that kind of stands out as i the the show itself was based off taiwanese american immigrants in orlando florida the only caveat for that is well i'm a taiwanese immigrant in los angeles so it's like a lot of that stuff super relatable yeah that yeah. makes sense yeah i think the we're always interested by stuff that relates to us so i totally get that strangely enough i feel like a lot of the sitcoms i would watch like I, I do watch a lot of TV or like get into movies when I do feel like I can put myself in the shoes of like a character I'm watching. But strangely, I feel like sitcoms for me, it's like I can actually watch something and even if it has absolutely no similarity to me and still find a laugh. Like I think I view sitcoms as just kind of like a cheap laugh. That's like my personal definition by the end of the day. Like just like silly, lighthearted, like doesn't need to be this like super well-constructed story or anything like that. As long as like there's like a decent enough joke and I'm good with it, you know, type of thing. Um, like some of mine, like I kind of, like I wrote a list and I kind of divided it into like, I feel like the sitcom has evolved over time, you know, like, I think we all know the, like the classic, like when you think of a sitcom or like when I think of a sitcom, the first one that comes to mind for me, Seinfeld, 
You watch Seinfeld much? I couldn't get through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody, but that's the ultimate, like, just if it's, like, it's always on, like, reruns. It's always, like, if you're flipping through channels between, like, I don't know, 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. on, like, three out of four channels, it's always going to show up, I feel like. It's just, like, the jokes, they're just so... They're just so dumb. It's like everyone calls it the show about nothing, but for some reason, it's just the characters are likable. The atmosphere is like funny and goofy and like just, I don't know. Something so classic about it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just classic. That's all, that's all I can say about it, you know? Yeah, I know. I can't get through it. I know like one classic one that people absolutely, like two classic ones that people absolutely do love was Friends and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't even think about it, Fresh Prince. That was a classic one, huh? Yeah. Friends, though, uh, Friends, I don't have a huge problem with itself. It's more I'm just annoyed by how people react to Friends and that just, every, every, like, not the stereotype, but it feels like four out of five girls are just obsessed with Friends and that's every time you would talk to a girl on Tinder, that would be, the like, their favorite. You would want to get in, like, a deep talk about TV. It's like all they could talk about is Friends and just how that was the one show they would really get into. Yeah, so that was definitely during a time where it's, I mean, a lot of people were super into it, and I'm like, okay, well, this is during a phase where, like, I didn't like these type of shows. Entertainment meant something very different to me. So, yeah. Really? Like what? I just wasn't interested in that stuff, so a lot of stuff had to be, like, the stupid kind of comedy, like, you could find, like, on uh, MTV, like, Jackass, stuff like that, or, like, action movies, or cartoon, or superhero type stuff. Ah, okay. sitcoms really didn't appeal to me during that time so during the whole like friends peak i never got into that like i didn't have the attention span for it hmm, interesting that's funny because i feel like friends is like the lowest attention span thing ever like in terms of like the jokes like you could just w- walk in and they have any sort of goofy ross doing something dumb kind of joke going on yeah no i was looking for something more immediate gratification as opposed to like something that I had to like set up or like to understand hmm so yeah, so that's why like for Friends and like Fresh Prince, I didn't really get into. Like a lot of those like real life people, I didn't really get into. Mm, okay. I will say the one thing I liked about Friends is, I don't know if you ever felt this way, but it felt like when I was a kid watching it, like just seeing reruns, I never like was drawn to watch it, but I felt like it kind of, I assumed that's what it would be like being an adult, like living in New York, like in an apartment, like and that's not what I always assumed it would be like, just like exactly how they portrayed on Friends. Like once it, I turn 18, I'll be living in New York and like living in a small apartment like that. I don't know. Do you ever feel that way or no? Not so much. I mean, that's like every other drama, sitcom, whatever idea of like, oh, I always want to live in like an apartment in that sense. In like New York City or like in um, animes, I want to live in Tokyo or something like that. Yeah, I guess as a kid, Friends was the biggest, like, most popular one, so that's why I always saw it. I mean, other than that, I was just watching Dragon Ball Z, and I never thought I want to live on Planet Namek or something. <laughs> um, All right, so other than that, do you ever watch That 70s Show? So That 70s Show was, like, another classic one for me growing up. Yeah, so I've definitely watched parts of it, but not really. Like, yeah. I didn't watch it religiously. I think that one, similarly, I like that one a lot just because of, like, I was a huge fan of the 70s. I like the style. I love the music, just everything about it. Like, if I could, like, transport to one decade, it's definitely the 70s. Um, And I don't know, the characters, like, I think Eric kind of, Eric and Donna kind of represent a Jim and Pam kind of dynamic where the, the, you know, you vicariously want to see the guy get with the girl and he's, like, she's a little bit more tomboyish than him he's a little bit more the nerdy can't stand up for himself kind of kid so you kind of see him grow and like eventually get out of that role and like 
you know, stand up to his dad and be more of a man over the, as the show goes on, but, you know, still kind of a nebbishy dude. He also is just an idiot, you know, Ashton Kutcher's character. And uh, him and Mila Kunis, his girlfriend on the show, ended up together in real life. So there you go. Happy, <laughs> happy endings, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, other than that, do you ever watch Cheers? Cheers was another classic one I used to like. Cheers, Third Rock from the Sun. Do you watch either of those? Isn't Cheers like super old or something? It is, but that's to me, that's why it's a classic sitcom. Cheers is like late 80s or 80s to early 90s, I think. Um, but yeah, it's basically just about a bar. <laughs> it's just, uh, um, what's his face? God, uh, the guy, he's on the good place now. I forget his name, but the main actor basically just owns a bar and it's just like every episode just takes place at a bar with like a regular cast of people. Like that's one I like because if we're talking relatable, I don't know. Do, do you find kind of solace in the idea of just like going to a bar and just seeing like the same friends and cliques and groups every night and just unique people? So like, I've always wanted to be like, all right, you know, I want a, like a designated place where I can meet my friends um, in that sense. Right. And then I thought about maybe bars and I realized how expensive bars are. So that idea completely got scrapped, but I do like, like the concept of like having like central place of like, all right, this is our go-to spot. This is where we're regulars at um it's like all right if i can come here i'm chances are i'm gonna run into somebody or that'd be cool if i could run into somebody that day okay i get that so like the idea of money kind of gets in the way of like spending so much on drinks every night well the thing is it's like okay well in order to have fun you have to definitely pound a few but then if you only drink like one drink here and there then it's like okay well that was an easy 10 20 drink versus yeah. like all right you know that kind of stuff adds up all right, let's hypothetically imagine a bar where they charge you a discount, like $2 pints. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a lot. <laughs> is it? $2 pints? Wait, hold up. How much? No, I mean the qu- the quantity of a pint. Oh, okay. I was like, geez, I thought that was cheap. Not, not, the, not the cost, the quantity. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, how cheap is job? $2, that's a, that's, that's a deal. Oh, no, man. that's a great deal. But yeah. it's just like, all right, I'm just buying one drink. Why? Because that's a lot of just <laughs> liquid and calories in general. Yeah. Well, imagine what if you worked at the bar? Like, you ever think, I don't know, sometimes I've kind of thought about that. If, like, working in a bar, like, if it was like Cheers, like, in an alternate universe where that could somehow be real, I feel like that'd be pretty fun. You know, just like if you saw the same cast of people every day and, like, nobody got too out of control, it wasn't like a super trashy dive bar, but like a chill, like the same people come in every night, you can kind of shoot the shit, have fun, and makes money type of vibe. I feel like that'd be a good time. That'd be great. Uh, definitely for sure. Right. It, it goes back on like having that central location to have fun at. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, I'm watching like shows like new girls, like how often can you go to, Oh, I mean, they explain that like one of their friends work at a bar. So everything is cheap and free, mm-hmm. but it's like, in general, it's like, how often can you really hang out at a bar and still live like a decent life? Then again, I look at all the other millennials going to bars and like, how do you do and spend everything and still be like, not worry about money so much it's because they work as software engineers <laughs> i think that's it so yeah, that helps yeah but uh no it is yes a lot of people there are some people it just seems like every night of the week they're at a bar and i think there was an appeal to like going to bars when you first turned 21 or 22 or even before then if you got a fake id but like i don't know it just yeah at least for me bars kind of lost their appeal when i realized yeah i could get these same drinks for like half the price by just going to bevmo and getting a bevmo card <laughs> yes yeah, so, but at the same time it's not the same it's like you're hanging out at someone's friend or a friend's house and so i think because we live at least my friends we live 
in residential like suburbs it's not like people where they live in the city right so everything they just kind of go to Mm -hmm. this time around it's like it's not so much that yeah i think it depends on what you're i think i think you need to get a mix personally at least for me um like i like i would prefer to just like have friends come over go to a friend's place and keep it just in our clique but like if you're single or you're like looking for to like meet more people and I think bars make more sense and occasionally it is good to mix in a night just going out. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely depends. But uh, also depends on like your group of friends if they're willing to do whatever uh, and such. So, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh, smooth transition. Um, here's a question. Laugh track. What do you feel about the laugh track? Some people have strong opinions. Some people don't care about it at all, but it feels like, TV network comedy is kind of still doing it, but overall it seems to be there's kind of a trend to move away from it. It feels like, like there's more comedies nowadays, like the office, you know, parks and rec 30 rock. Um, also, uh, Brooklyn nine, nine, that kind of comedy, modern family, which don't use a laugh track oh, arrested development. Another one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts? I think laugh tracks only work. Okay. So it, it's something that's like, for me, I really don't care, but it's a traditional thing where it's like a lot of shows, they were filmed in a studio, right? And all the sets weren't in that same studio that to built it. Whereas like nowadays, everything is on site. You have to go this and that location. They rent out a place uh, to film something. And so laugh tracks aren't used and it kind of ruins a flow at that point, right? Everything is more of a storytelling as opposed to that being on set so i don't think necessarily it's like they're moving away from it but it's like i think whatever they want to film for actually no i guess it could be moving away too but but at the end of the day i see him less i don't know when i say moving away i just feel like i see him less and less you know no i can see that but i think at the end of the day if you ask me like do i care about it i really don't care enough about it yeah like they really bug my dad my dad will say like if there's a laugh track his mentality is if there's a laugh track they're trying to force laughter and it's not actually funny which is a bit of a stretch maybe i'd say like i'd say there's still some funny shit i don't know it's almost kind of nice to have a laugh track sometimes if you're just i feel like if i'm super lazy and not wanting to focus on any tv or not focus on any tv and just kind of have something in the background it's almost nice knowing when the joke is almost if you're too mentally tired to like pay attention or devote any effort into looking at something you know I think it's important plot points. So I think sometimes it's like, all right, it it's like, oh, they're laughing at this point because it's a joke that may or may not be relevant later on. Yeah. And so yeah. that's really like how I perceive laugh tracks at this point. But but oftentimes they, it does like, they seem like they're forcing something. And there's oftentimes where I honestly just look at the joke and I'm like, all right, I'll laugh if it's funny. If not, then cool, let's move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so at the end of the day, like, laugh tracks aren't really a big deal to me. Yeah, I think sometimes sometimes they overdo them, too, where it's, like, a joke. You get the joke, and it's not even that funny, and then they'll have, like, a super strong, like, way too loud, aggressive laugh track, and then it just kind of takes you out of it a bit. Like, I feel like Big Bang Theory, that's a controversial one, like, for some people. I feel like that one has a very strong laugh track, but at the same time was, like, what was it on for, like, nine, ten seasons, and it was, like, the most number one sitcom for that time slot at cbs and it was always like killing it in the ratings and whatnot so i feel like that's it's almost like it shows it's just americans do want the formulaic simple stuff sometimes you know yeah so definitely for me it's for big bang theory actually it is controversial and people complain about it like i see on the internet 
but I see people still enjoying the show and it does well. And I have nothing against it. I just don't know. I don't understand the hate for it. And with their laugh tracks, definitely watching some of their stuff. It's kind of just like they're using it during what the fuck moments. Yeah. And like my expression is usually just kind of like, all right, that happened. But I don't know why you're laughing. You're using a laugh track right now. Yeah. And I think, I think part of, I, I just feel like theirs is like super more frequently used and more, I guess, loud in comparison than other sitcoms. Um, like even How I Met Your Mother. I used to think of How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory as like side by side sitcoms because they were both on CBS and they were both like kind of started at the same time and like had similar duration of seasons and kind of similar vibe. But Big Bang Theory was definitely more cartoonish, you know. But uh, I think what annoys people a bit about Big Bang is like the characters are so. I think most people just think, find the characters annoying. They just feel like they're so like exaggerated and so ridiculous that it's like hard to watch and just more annoying than actually like funny or likable which i actually do feel because i used to think that about the show when i first watched it and uh then it's almost like i feel like the if you watch if you have to watch it for like more than i don't know a few episodes you kind of like occasionally start thinking sheldon is funny and because i think he's kind of a dwight for the show you know he's like the kind of like key ridiculous person that kind of hooks you in and um then from there then you kind of see the quirks of the other characters and get into it but yeah it's not it's i don't know it's not a show i feel like if you binge the entire series that would have like effects on your sanity (laughs) you know i think for some shows right it's where you see a character portrayed a certain way and then you see them kind of like whether it be devolve or character develop so oftentimes people will say like well no sheldon that's they have to have that exaggerated character because, well, one, it's TV, it's exaggerated. That would be one easy cop-out. The other cop I oftentimes hear is, well, that's character development. He changes, stuff like that. And so, like, right now I'm watching New Girl, and every season, every first few episodes of season one will always be like, all right, we're going to establish this character and try to figure out, like, what they do, right? And so, like, when you actually compare them to season one, and you compare them later on, some people are like, oh, no, they've always been like that. I'm like, no, I think they're trying to just figure out what the fuck they're doing. And yeah. they now figured out what they're doing with that character, so they want to run with it. That's why it seems like they've always been like that. And that's why there's this character progression. Really, it's, no, they they have no idea what they're doing. They're just kind of like, uh, okay, this person has all these different traits, if people respond well to that, we're going to run with that personality from that point moving forward. And so in a way it is its own evolution of trying to cater to the audience. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, for a fact, we know that they weren't really like that all the time. Yeah. And so I, 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 I'm sorry. So mm-hmm. at times it's like, uh, this character changed in a way I didn't like, or this character has always been annoying. Yeah, for me, it's more, I don't know, that's interesting about the growth. Some people do care about that more. Personally, I have no problem if character doesn't grow as long as I still like the character, you know? <laughs> like, you could argue Michael Scott, like, he didn't, he did change, but not a whole, whole lot, and I still thought he was funny. Like, it didn't really matter to me if he, like, changed. Like, he still made selfish decisions by the end of the show. He still did, like, effed up things and, like, took credit for ideas that he wanted to get credit for, and then place the blame on others when he thought the ideas weren't good type of thing you're still doing that pretty late into the seasons it felt like so i don't know i don't really i don't really need growth so much as long as i like a character then uh, i'm i don't know i'm on board 
I think character development can help if you like a character and you're rooting for them, right? So, like, Vegeta for us. Um, <laughs> like, why I end up liking him more than Goku? Because it's like, okay, he's actually trying to do something with himself. Yeah, and Goku kind of devolved because he got dumber as the show went on. And you would, I don't know, that's, that's a whole another, other topic. Um, one question I have, though. The NBC, I call this the NBC trifecta. Curious if you've seen all three of the shows. So, The Office, Parks yes. and Rec, 30 Rock. Yes, no. You haven't seen 30 Rock? I have not seen 30 Rock. Feels like more people see The Office and Parks and Rec because those almost seem like like sibling shows in a way because they have the same exact style and kind of same tone and same kind of like dry humor and whatnot in number of seasons. But 30 Rock, it feels like is a little, maybe that one is a little more like the cousin, I guess, you know? I forgot well, you never- somebody said something about how like 30 Rock is is related to the other two i think producer or something i forgot but at the end of the day i'm kind of just like all right well michael sure michael sure did both 30 rock and uh he produced both 30 rock and the office i think and he's uh do you remember moses from uh from the office dwight's like weird amish like i don't know friend or whatever yes yeah that's michael sure (laughs) oh okay yeah so and he's also uh do you watch the good place uh no he's like the writer yeah he's like the writer producer for the good place like that's his kind of like main thing got it basically dude is involved with a lot of successful tv (laughs) hey good for him he's probably living large um yeah no never got to 30 rock i heard about it people have told me it's wonderful i just never got into it yeah i've actually never watched a single episode yeah that's gonna be the next show i binge after the office just to kind of like try to get caught up with like the popular shows of the past decade it feels like but um i hear that show is like the most joke dense like of any other sitcom that one apparently has like the record for like most jokes just inserted so it's almost exhausting it's almost like not even casual watching because you have to like mentally keep up with all these ongoing jokes and like callbacks to different things and just like they're talking so fast and it's so high energy you know uh i mean that's i guess if people can appreciate that and really like it because of that um nature of how like oh they always go back the writers totally know what they're doing kind of thing which is all right that's cool that's fine you do you but i think for me tv shows not only do they have to like relate to me but it's like i have to stumble upon it or i have to like all right if you like watching it as opposed to where people tell me all right you got to watch this like now i think you'd super enjoy it and i'm Mm -hmm. like uh i'll watch it eventually in the next five years (laughs) and i'll stumble upon it at some point like uh, community my friends have been badgering me to watch it for the last like literally three to five years huh. it wasn't until i'm like hey i see it on netflix and somebody told me to watch it and i need something to like watch while i'm eat while i'm eating all right we're going to go with it new girl it was like all right i'm on netflix and i just need something to play in the background right now all right we're going to go with this do you do you feel like you need something like that's not too crazy and too much going on to play in the background Yes, so I try to watch Hannibal since I was on Netflix. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, and also uh, and <laughs> watch to watch Dark, and definitely I miss a lot of stuff while playing video games and watching these shows. Yeah, it's funny once for me with Dark because you know I got way too obsessed with that show. I uh, at this point I can have Dark in the background and that's like my relaxing, <laughs> like just background noise because I already know what's gonna happen. So just like having it in the background makes it more relaxing than, yeah, I don't know. It's funny. Yeah, so definitely depends. It really depends. Yeah. I I was curious. You might like Good Place because, I mean, 
This is, doesn't follow a strict religious sense, but you know what it's about, do you? Uh, person that's bad that accidentally gets sent to heaven, but then accidentally it turns out that heaven is probably hell, and yeah. everything's reversed and stuff like that. Yeah, there I heard about it. Since you're religious, you like that, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I know it's people totally... like recommended it, but for me, it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm yeah. into it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it doesn't follow like the Bible in a super serious sense or anything like that. It's pretty, it's pretty silly. It's, it's just like, yeah, that's why. Like, I was wondering if that would be a good background comedy to watch because it is like fun, lighthearted, and like just a good laugh. But at the same time, a lot it like changes like episode to episode. Like they go for some like big changes. So I don't know, but I don't know. I think you might like it. Maybe I'll probably give it a shot in the next three to five years. <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch Scrubs? Watch a few episodes here and there. Yeah, Scrubs is um, it's I feel like that one always like slipped through the cracks. Like it's like funny, and every time I watch it, I'm like, this is good. But I don't know, Zach Braff kind of annoys me. <laughs> I don't like Zach Braff in a weird way. And how so? It's just I have no good reason, honestly. It's just like I think maybe it was he was on MTV Punked once, and uh, the prank was that a kid, um. Uh, the prank was he thought a kid like demolished his car on accident like did something that caused his car to be crushed and then he, he was like screaming at the kids like you little shit blah 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 and uh i don't know maybe i ever I always thought he was a bad dude ever since then <laughs> i can see that yeah he um i don't know something it's i just i guess i could just kind of find him annoying after a certain point but i don't know it's a funny show i think you, you like scrubs kind of right when you saw it the few episodes that I saw I definitely did enjoy it. Um, yeah, no, it's like it's pretty much like a less serious version of like House or like really during those whole doctor phases, right? I think it was like Grey's Anatomy, uh, House, and all this other doctor stuff. This was like the one that ER. was like, all right, ER, this is like the light humor one. Yeah, that is kind of nice. It does surprise me too how many like hospital sitcoms there are. And they're like more even than like the ones you mentioned, like Nurse Frankie or something like that. That's another one. Um. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of stuff out there, man. <laughs> uh, I guess last question: British sitcoms. Do you watch much British TV? I honestly just can't get through it at all. Um, yeah, not into the British stuff as much. No, because like for example, you mentioned the IT crowd. I honestly gave it another few more episodes try, and it's very like I get why this is funny, and I get why people will laugh. I just don't know why I should be laughing. Like, for me, this doesn't make me laugh. Yeah. No, I think the IT credit, actually, the first couple seasons I thought were a little, like, rough, but then it got better as it went on. But I don't know if it's, like, I don't know if it's essential viewing, but it's interesting because, to me, the IT credit and Big Bang Theory aren't that far off. Like, it's the same kind of ridiculous acting and, like, like over-the-top, oh, we're geeks, oh, we're doing something crazy, we're doing something zany, and then, like, really, like, strong laugh track type of thing. But it's almost like that type of humor works more in England in a weird way. It's like, it almost feels like English people are like more generous at laughing. Um, Cause I've watched other British sitcoms and some of them, a lot of them have that it crowd kind of vibe. So it'll, I don't know, but there are some that are like unique and well done. Like, do you remember peep show that one I told you about? Yes. Yeah. Like that one, I think that has a really unique style. Cause like, I feel like a lot of sitcoms now in like America fall into that pitfall or not pitfall, but uh style, like the office setup, which is, you know, the interview documentary mockumentary kind of style, you know, where it's like characters go about their lives and then they're being interviewed. Like, um, like the office parks and rec did it. And then 
um, Modern Family did it, and then What We Do in the Shadows, which is um, that vampire-like show that was on, does the same thing. So it's almost like shows nowadays kind of default to that style, but Peep Show had a like a really original vibe to it and just the like beats and the like cadence of like how characters would interact with each other because it would do a unique thing where characters like thoughts would be narrated out loud so they'd be doing an interaction and saying one thing but their thoughts would be totally different and then that made it funny just watching awkward interactions where characters are like trying not to say something they're thinking out loud so yeah i don't know beep show is a really good show (laughs) Yeah. Wait, were we still talking about the British humor stuff? Yeah. I just wanted to go into Pete. So basically, yeah, the thesis summary of that was that British humor, a lot of it's kind of ridiculous and over the top, but Peep Show, I think, is a diamond among those British shows that's really unique and does a unique spin on it that people should check out. Got it. Yeah, no, sorry. British TV, just I can't get into it for the life <laughs> of me, honestly. Gave it a no. shot. I'm gonna leave it at that. But yeah, you've only watched IT Crowd though, right? You haven't watched like a whole like bevery of like British sitcoms and TV and stuff, right? For me, what I've understand is all right, I've given IT Crowd a shot. I've when people tell me that like, oh, British version of The Office is different because it's like that kind of humor. So season one is very like that. Uh of the office. So then I'm like, all right, you know what? We're 0 for 2 right now. Chances are I'm not going to be enjoying, like, British TV shows. That's just too – you got to give – I don't know. I think – well, okay, I'll put it all in the light and maybe go um, for the third to be Peep Show. You saw one clip and you thought it was funny, right? Hello? What was that again? Oh, sorry. You thought uh, Peep Show – sorry, the audio cut out. You thought Peep Show – remember I sent you one clip from it and you thought it was funny? There you go. So Peep Show should be your third recommendation that you should try. Maybe. Definitely, I'll probably give it a give it, give it a one or two episode try. Where can I watch this again? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. So I think that should be if, – if I could pick one show, I think that's the easiest to watch. Um, so audio keeps cutting out, and uh, I've been – Alerted by our secret IT technician, and it's because there's a baby in one of our rooms that might be crying. <laughs> so I think that's uh, that's a good that's a good uh, place to wrap up things, right? That's, I'd said pretty much everything I'd say. How about you, Jeff? I think Josh says yes. That's exactly what he means. <laughs> All right. So with that, this was our yes. episode of sitcoms. Uh, there, there we go. And uh, thank you for listening to Underpaid, Underqualified. Next week, we'll be back with something that we'll figure out in the seven days between now or, oh, I'm sorry, actually, uh, we're going to do a bi-weekly thing from now on. So for all you listeners who wait every week for these episodes to just brighten your week and get through all the struggles of the world, sorry, because you're going to have to wait another week every week because it's bi-weekly now. So apologies there, but uh, yeah, quality, not quantity, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening and uh, have a fantastic week and six days. See ya.